muscular body and arms. He stared with hate from eyes that were almost black, breathing hard through a flat nose and an open, thin-lipped mouth. He said something in his guttural tongue that needed no translation. The Sioux clearly intended not just to kill him, but to cut him into painful little pieces. The crowd that had been oddly missing while the Sioux whipped his prisoner suddenly surrounded them. Three Crow's teeth were bared, his muscles taut, as he waited for his adversary to make his move. Blackthorn had been told that this band of Sioux were renegades who'd fled the reservation, but who might be willing to include him in their buffalo hunt if he traded a few trinkets with them. He realized he should have tried that road first where the girl was concerned. He and Seton might find themselves in dire straits if he ended up wounding or killing this man, not to mention how devastated his grandmother would be if he ended up getting himself killed in a knife fight before he'd married and produced an heir. The Sioux's glinting eyes were focused intently on the knife in Blackthorn's hand. Blackthorn suddenly realized that the Indian's gaze wasn't aimed at the very sharp blade, but rather on the intricately carved whalebone handle. He took a step back and opened his hand, so the knife lay flat on his palm. The Sioux's eyes narrowed as he considered whether this was some ploy to distract him so the white man could attack. Blackthorn kept his gaze centered on Three Crows as he said to his Sioux guide, Ask him if he'd like to have the knife. Blackthorn, you can't bargain with... He cut Seton off and repeated in a steely voice, Ask him if he'd like to have the knife. His opponent looked confused and then disdainful as he first listened and then replied to the guide's speech. Three Crow says he will take knife when you are dead, the guide interpreted. Tell him I'll give him the knife in exchange for the girl. Blackthorn saw the Indian open his mouth to refuse and reached into his pocket to pull out his grandfather's gold watch. He let it dangle from the watch chain so the sunlight reflected off the shimmering surface. Along with this. You can't... Be still, Seaton, and let the man think. He could see the Sioux was as covetous of the watch as he was of the knife. Three crows glanced toward the girl, whose body lay slack against the pole. He abandoned his crouch and tucked his knife back into its sheath, then held out his hand. Blackthorn dropped the watch into the Indian's palm, then flipped the knife and offered it to him by the carved handle. "'The girl's probably going to die anyway,' Seaton hissed in his ear. "'Why would you give up your grandfather's watch? "'And that knife goes back to the first Duke of Blackthorn. "'It's priceless and irreplaceable.' "'Without warning, three crows slashed out with the knife Blackthorn had given him. "'He grabbed the Sioux's swinging wrist with one hand "'and balled his other hand into a fist that connected with the Indian's chin. "'He let go as three crows fell in a heap.' Blackthorn felt his friend edging toward him and turned to eye the Indians gathered around them. 
He reached down and took his knife from the Sioux's hand, then walked to the pole and used it to cut the woman free. As she fell into his arms, he let the knife drop to the ground. A bargain was a bargain. He had promised the knife and his watch in exchange for the girl. A blackthorn's word was as good as gold. As her head dropped back over his arm and he saw the damage to her face, he wished he hadn't bargained with the Sioux. He should have eviscerated him. The girl's features were unrecognizable. Her eyes were so puffy and bruised he couldn't tell what color they were. Her nose had been broken. Her lips were split and blood ran down her chin. He was pleased to see dried blood under her ragged nails, proof that she had fought back. Now that you have her, what do you plan to do with her? He turned to face his friend.